Fresh off a 4 nothing riding high win against Miami, Red Bull starts a home-and-home -home with NYCFC tonight at Red Bull Arena. We break down the Miami win, the feeling of this upcoming derby, and plenty more. With Connor Lade, I'm Matt Harmon from the New York Red Bull Radio Network. It's our latest episode, Wear Red, without question. It's Red Bull Weekly. Well, it is certainly going to be a fun week around the metro area with not one, but two Hudson River Derbies coming up because of the rescheduled makeup game. We've got a Wednesday nighter. We've got a Saturday nighter, one at Red Bull Arena, one at Yankee Stadium. We are back here on Red Bull Weekly to talk about that with my podcast partner, Connor Laid. I'm Matt Harmon. Uh, Steve Jolly and I will have the radio call of both and, of course, every Red Bull match during the entirety of this 2021 season, but really looking forward to this one, Connor. We'll spend some time going back over the history of this rivalry and um, what it kind of means, but I, I want to just throw it out before we even talk about the Miami game. Everybody's got smiles on their faces after that 4 nothing win down in South Florida. You know, in a schedule standpoint, just how unique it is to be able to play somebody essentially in a home-and-home and back to back, you see it in other sports all the time, um, but not necessarily ever in the sport of soccer. Yeah, it's it's super interesting when you get these matches in close proximity, back to back uh, against the same team, and yeah, definitely unique uh, when you come across it in MLS. And I can't thinking back, I can't remember too many times where we have had played two teams uh, in very close succession. In MLS, like we've, you know, you know, an open cup, you'll uh, pretty regional where you'll play a New England or a Philly or a NYC and then, you know, could play them again in the league in quick succession. But I think thinking back, one of the only times I can think of is uh, playing Houston pretty close. I remember, uh, let's see, that was back, I don't know, 2012, 2013, playing them like back to back. And um, it, it's very rare and it's, it's super interesting because it almost replicates a little bit of a playoff feel. You you get to play that first game, readjust, go back to the tape and go up again at it, you know, in, in quick succession. So that's, it's going to be interesting. And if you, if you want to play a team twice in a row, why not that be NYCFC? Wouldn't disagree with you there, partner at all. You know, uh, again, uh, since NYCFC came into the league in 2015, it's been a really fun yeah. Interesting series uh, between these two teams, throwing some Open Cup games as well. No playoff meetings yet, but maybe this will be the year uh, that that will take place because that would be pretty wild uh, also. We're brought to you, as always, here on Red Bull Weekly by our good friends at the New Jersey Institute of Technology, NJIT. And I think, Connor, to be quite honest, for a Red Bull team that was in desperate need of something positive to take in to this rivalry week, and they got it in a resounding way with a four nothing win against Miami. Yeah, that's that's the game you needed to get this the train back on the tracks. Uh, desperate was, uh, I think, a, a correct word for it. Um, you know, coming out of that Columbus match, everyone uh, you know left disappointed, and uh, you go on this 
extremely crucial road stretch where you're going to Columbus and going down to Miami where you need to get points. And uh, I think this was a, a, a great performance from the guys. Um, you know, I, something you just want to see them do is not be hesitant and go after it. And that from the opening whistle, they went after it. And I don't know what it is down in Miami, but I think we might need to play a couple more games down there because we've had some some good luck so far down there. But uh, yeah, for nothing. Um, that's a statement. That's uh, something that you wanted to see from the guys. You haven't seen that offensive production. And, and we got that. And hopefully that's going to spark something heading into this week where you know that NYCFC is coming out firing. They're in a good run of form and you got to be at your best to not only beat them, but to compete with them. Yeah, four goals last year down in Miami, four goals again this year. It was 4-1 a season ago, 4 nothing here. And I think, you know, Steve and I talked about this during the course of, of the radio broadcast, Connor, and I, I'd have to imagine you'd agree. We kind of said for so many players that have gone through the ups and downs of this 2021 season, for, for a variety of reasons, you need guys to start feeling confident going in to the stretch run because, I mean, Steve was a professional. You were a professional for a long time. You might say, hey, I'm a talented player. But if you're questioning whether or not you can do it, at some point that's going to catch up with you. And I think for this for this young Red Bull team, that's been a little bit of the case this year where can we hold a lead? Can we not hold a lead? Are we going to be able to get a point? Oh, man, we just gave points away. It's It's been such a yo-yo of a year, but you get – Two goals from Fabio. You get a goal from Clamalva again. Uh, Omir Fernandez, whose season has been so bizarre in so many ways, you're checking so many boxes coming out of the Miami game. And and I I, I spoke with somebody and they're like, oh, well, Miami's not that good. Miami had been good up until that point. You know, might not be the prettiest of games, but at this point of the year, it's about getting points. And it was a team that was 5-0-1 coming in. They had played pretty well at home for – for Red Bull to go in there to just dominate the game like they did, that was an impressive statement and one that you're just, I don't know, for me, I, we, we actually had a little fun with it and got somewhat, you know, joking, emotional, like, man, this was the game you've been waiting for all season from New York. You just hope that they've got time enough to still be able to put their season back together. A hundred percent. And this is kind of the offensive explosion we've been waiting for. And you know, getting guys like Patrick Kamala and Fabio goals. That's what, you know, we've been, you know, they, they've done it sporadically, but we haven't seen that all come together at the same time. And to get Omir on the score sheet after you said, you know, it's been an up and down year for him, but I think we've just been waiting to see him get a solid run of, uh, run of games and really to see what was there. Cause he's shown some great flashes. Um, and so I think that's so important for this, this offensive attacking group to, to get these goals and get that confidence. Because if you look on it, I mean, we're, you know, we haven't given up a ton of goals this year. You would, you'd look at where we stand right now. And it's like, Oh, we must've given up a ton of goals, but we think we're, we're bottom, I don't know, bottom 10 in, in goals against and, or excuse me, top, I guess how, how you're looking at it. But we, we haven't given up that many goals. We just haven't been able to put the ball in the back of the net to really put games away. And, yeah, you can look at this game and people are thinking, oh, Miami got a red card. That's what it was. But no, they were we were up to nothing. And then they got the red card and then the wheels just fell apart for them. And it was a dominant performance. And really from the opening whistle, there was only one team that came to play that day and it was New York. And that's what we want to see, especially in these games where you need to pick up points. And yeah, 
you know, listen, it's going to be an uphill battle trying to get in that playoffs, but these are the types of games that you need to win. Look at the Eastern Conference, to your point. I just pulled the standings up real quick. So I might I might be missing something because I'm glancing at it very fast. Nashville, and I'm only talking about the Eastern Conference. Nashville has given up 23 goals. Philadelphia has given up 25 goals. Uh, NYCFC has given up 28. Red Bull has given up 28. That's it. I mean, that's the top four teams. So, yeah, but then on the other side of it, you've only scored 29, and there are a ton more teams that have scored more than 29. Look at the goal differential. And right now, below the playoff line, DC United is plus five. Red Bull is plus one. Every other team that's below the line, eight through 14, is negative in goal differential. Those two teams are the ones that are positive in goal differential. Um, you know, and, and for New York, yeah, they've got a couple of games in hand. They've played 23 games. That's the least of anybody in the Eastern Conference. But, and you and I have talked about this on the podcast. Games in hand only mean anything if you're going to win those games, right? I mean, there's always the old argument, would you rather have the games played and know what you've done? I mean, at this point right now, Red Bull can kind of stake the claim. We still have games in hand. That's going to change really quick because you're playing an extra game this week on Wednesday. Um, You've got Philadelphia again next Wednesday. So it's a lot of games. It's all rivalry games. It's all Eastern Conference. Um, But I, I think you make a tremendous point defensively. That hasn't really been the issue. Maybe a bad goal given away here or there. And I think you're you're a good one to talk to about this. From a defensive standpoint, if you're going in saying, hey, we're, we're kind of doing our job keeping people out of the back of the net, just look at the numbers, goals allowed. Philadelphia, Nashville, NYCFC with the same number. Um, we're not scoring enough. It does become a little unique, right? If you, you can't go in as a defender, I would think, and take the floor with this, thinking, hey, the only way we're going to win this game is if we shut somebody out. That's a heck of a lot of pressure every game. Yeah, and I I, I can recall from the past, uh, you know, when we may have gone into a little bit of a scoring drought, and every game you go in as a defender and you're like, I remember talking to Kamar Lawrence uh, before every game. It's a like clean sheet. That's what we just like. The one word we'd say before the match is just clean sheet. And that message would be passed across the back line as you're kind of dapping each other up before the match. And but there is a lot of pressure when your your team isn't putting the ball in the back of the net. Not that they're not doing it at a, a huge rate, but it's when you're just trying to get out of a rut. There is a lot of pressure to keep a clean sheet, and I think the huge thing. It's been so impressive this year for this New York team. Yeah, you mentioned you know the couple. Uh, tough goals that they've given up, but losing Aaron Long and, you know, still, uh, I can't say, you know, I'd have to go back through the years and how many goals we've given up, but this has been a year where you'd feel comfortable right now, giving up this amount of goals or, you know, obviously you would like it less, but you'd stack yourself against where everyone else is at. And you'd feel, you know what, we've been pretty strong defensively this year. And especially losing Aaron, seeing guys like Sean Nealis kind of, you know, continue to develop and really stake a claim in this back line. And, you know, with, with a ton of different guys coming in and out, it, it's been so impressive to see that group rally together. And Carlos Coronel has had some huge performances in net and some massive saves. And so it's, it's been really impressive to see that aspect of it. And that sometimes gets hidden within a season where there's been a lot of ups and downs and a lot of talking points that, that are uh, swinging around, but, I think that's been one of the bright spots this year. You haven't given up a ton of goals. You've been in a lot of games 
It's just you got to score more goals than you give up. And and right now, I think getting back to the other point where, you know, games in hand, I think that is it's a blessing and a curse for sure. I think your 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 destiny is in your own hands as other teams have played more games than you. You get to see where those teams are at. And all right, here's the benchmark. This is how many points we have in hand and we need to take advantage of every single one of them. But the curse of that is, like you mentioned, these are massively important games in this stretch right now. And to add games on top of that only adds to the fatigue physically, the fatigue mentally. It's it's going to take a lot from this group to, to take advantage of these points. And they've got to really dig deep. They've got to do everything they can to, off the field to just – make sure they're keeping their bodies uh you know in the best possible in the best possible way keeping their minds engaged and really getting that rest that because this is going to be a crazy stretch and i don't envy them right now because it it is going to be an uphill battle getting this playoffs like i said and but you know what it's going to test the character of the group and i i think they've got a lot of good guys in that locker room who are going to push them uh to their max capacity so it's going to be uh, very interesting and <laughs> Two two games to kick off kind of this this final stretch. NYC home and away, love it. NYC in a home and away, and then right after that, a game at home against Philadelphia. I mean, it's going to get crazy, and it's going to get crazy really fast. Uh, should be a really fun week. Again, uh, this is Red Bull Weekly. It's Connor Laid, Matt Harmon. Good to be back with you again. We do this each and every week during the course of the MLS season. We're going to take a quick time out here. When we come back on the other side, Connor and I will break down this Hudson River Derby, which um, crazy enough because of the rainout, we have had to wait all the way till basically the end of September to have these teams play. There are three games remaining against New York City starting later tonight at home. We're back right after this on Red Bull Weekly. New York Red Bulls Weekly brought to you in part by the New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT makes industry-ready engineers in more than 20 fields. If it's engineering, it's at NJIT. Number one of the nation for student upward economic mobility. Learn more at njit.edu. Back here on our Red Bull Weekly podcast series with Connor Laid. I'm Matt Harmon. Big one tonight to start a very fun and interesting uh, schedule wrinkle with the rain out from a couple of weeks back, New York City and New York getting together for two games this week. One on Wednesday tonight at RBA, Saturday at Yankee Stadium. Uh, Connor, the rivalry has been fun, right? I mean, I don't think there's any other way to get into it and talk about it going back to 2015. That first game at Red Bull Arena, the place was jamming. It was a 2-1 Red Bull win. I know for you, you didn't play in that particular game. You were banged up on it, but I have to imagine that you do remember the energy leading in to that week and all of the talk and fanfare. I think there was like events in New York City during the course of the week that some of you guys went to. Um, and, and, and quite honestly, it's been really good for the sport and good for the area. Yeah, this is uh, that game. Kind of the, the whole lead up to that game was was wild. Um, you know, we knew coming into that game that it was, it was huge and everyone was – you know, the discussions began as New York red or New York blue. And obviously when you have the, the, the origin of kind of the rivalry, it's yeah. MLS has put another team in New York and yeah, it's, it's a geographical rivalry right now. And there was some talk between the clubs and, you know, some shots fired, but it's really not a rivalry until you step on the field. You got to get in there. You got to, you know, test yourself against the other team. They were doing 
you know, what they want to do in their identity. We were in a whole new switch of our identity. So it was, it was uncharted territory for, for both the clubs. And then you throw in kind of putting us head to head against each other. It was, the buildup was pretty crazy. And like you mentioned, yeah, I was not able to be a part of that game, but I remember sitting on the fifth floor at Red Bull arena and watching the two clubs go after it. And honestly, it's one of my favorite matches in the rivalry all time. Um, you know, us going down to 10 men and, and seeing, you know, getting a win, it's incredible. Uh, you know, Brad obviously kicking off, you know, two goals in that match, uh, you know, when he scored a a billion, I think in the, in the rivalry itself, it really just kind of kicked it off and to get a win, not only in the first rivalry, but at home in front of our fans, in front of their fans, it was, it was something special. And, uh, just the energy around RBA. It was, it was crazy. And I remember us, we were on the edge of our seats watching that game. We wanted to be on the field. It was, it was something really, really special in a game that I'll never forget. It's one of my favorite games I've ever watched as a fan of the team. And I, you know, there's games that you, you have in your top five, top three, whatever. And that's one of the ones in mine as, you know, as a spectator watching it, it was really special. You know, I'm looking at, at the history of the series um, and you mentioned Bradley Wright Phillips, who absolutely dominated NYC, especially in the early part of this rivalry. Scored two in the opener, a goal in the second game, which was a 3-1 win. New York would sweep the season series that year. Wright Phillips with another goal in the third game. So he had four goals against New York City. 2016, that was the Red Wedding game. 7 nothing. He had a pair of goals there. He had a pair of goals later against um, NYCFC in what was a 4-1 win. And then a couple of goals in a 3-2 loss would also score in 2018, would also score another goal in 2018. So all in all, he had 12 goals, Connor, against New York City. And a lot of those games, he had multiple goals in one game. Did he ever talk about, you know, thinking of just the, the back and forth of the rivalry? Did he ever talk going into a week for a guy who was as modest of a superstar as this league has had in recent memory, did he even say like, I got these guys. I I, I have these guys literally in my back pocket. I know I'm going to score, jump on my back guys. I got it taken care of. No, that would be completely off brand for Bradley. You know, like you said, the most modest guy uh, in the locker room. I mean, he, he didn't need to say it because you just knew it. And in big games, you knew he was going to step up and, it was something about this rivalry and, you know, him putting on that jersey. It was just something special. He just always found a way to score. And you look at the ways that he scored. It was just, you knew going into the match, you had to guard one guy in the box. And that's Bradley Wright Phillips. And he always found a way to get on the free up a little bit of space and put the ball in the back of the net. And I, I can't think of another player in, in uh, a series who has been more dominant. He, he's just, I don't know what it was. I don't know what Man City group did to him. Obviously, he played for Man City, so maybe this was a little bit of revenge. I don't know. I, I don't think he's got bad blood towards Man City. I'm not sure, but whatever it was, uh, you know, Brad was, he was ready for this game every time he stepped on the field, and you were confident in knowing that he was on your side and that, you know, walking out of that locker room, like, this guy's got a couple goals in him. We just got to... Like we talked about earlier, you just got to keep a clean sheet, and uh, we know that we're going to score goals. And like you said, there, there, there's some big score lines, and Bradley was a big part of making the those really close games 
turn. Connor, from a standpoint of the seven nothing game, I mean that's the one that clearly the fans have the most fun uh, talking about. I, I, I would have to think for players as well, it's a fond memory. Um, I mean, nobody goes into a game thinking, hey, we're going to not only are we going to win, but we're going to put seven and we're not going to give any goals up. Was that game in a way and that one you did play? And I remember vividly, you looked like something out of the Revolutionary War because you were wearing a bandage around your head that day. Was that a game that um, the longer that it went on, it almost became surreal? A hundred percent. I think. That game in particular, we wanted to come out and make a big statement because we had just swept the previous season. We won all three games, and we knew that, listen, before that game, there was there was some – listen, you – with all the expectations going into this rivalry and us taking all three games the year before, we knew that NYCFC was out for blood. You know, they were angry. They – you know, there was – a lot of talk between the two clubs. There was a lot of moments on the field that this is this has become a rivalry now. It's not just talk. It's actually become a rivalry. And to, to have that game kick off the 2016 season, or at least a rivalry of the 26th season, I, in their house, uh, I think is the best part of it. I think it's something, something was in – I, you can't even put your finger on it. We just were so confident going in that match. And like you said, I remember uh, I remember picking up that uh, – I got the elbow from David Akam in that Chicago match before, and I was just – I remember I got stitch up at halftime, and they were talking about, you know, do you – like you've got these stitches in your, your eye, and are you, you know, are you going to play or not? And I was – there was no way that I was going to miss that NYCFC match. And so put that bandage back on, and I think – we still have a lot of uh, funny, funny pictures that some of the fans have made up of some Rambo recreations and things like that. And, but I just remember that being an all out battle. And I remember I took, Oh, I took such a shot. I think it was Kyrie Shelton. He gave me such a rib shot in that match. I think for the rest of that 2016 season, my ribs, like I was having difficulty breathing. It was just every single tackle you went into, you knew that the guys were leaving everything in it. And, you know, you just, you just, you got off to a great start with Dax off the corner kick and set pieces. We were just dominant. That's something we practiced. Very, like we put a lot of equity into being prepared for set pieces offensively and defensively. And that whole week leading up to it, we tra- we practiced a lot because we knew that we could exploit certain situations and Dax kind of putting in that first goal just sparked everything. And it's just the chips were all falling into place that game. I think we we couldn't make a wrong step. Our our press was was really one of the best it's ever been. We suffocated them, and when we did turn the ball over, we just got to goal quick. And I, it's hard to explain in games like that when things are just all clicking. It's just like you can't explain it. It was just it was just magic, and it's it's a game that I'll never forget. I know the guys who are involved in it will never forget, and I'll. I'll never forget going back into the locker room and, you know, there was a lot of trash talk going back in that locker room and there was a little bit of a scuffle in the tunnel because listen, as a competitor and you just lose seven, nothing. I mean, I, <laughs> it's funny, but they showed more fight in the tunnel than they did on the field. And so it was, it, it was a great moment for us and uh, uh, really a, a moment that I'll never forget. 
You know, from from a standpoint, Connor, and and, and your answer there was so descriptive and fun to listen to. Um, you you mentioned the term trash talk a lot. Um, in a rivalry game like that, is there some more jawing back and forth than the average everyday MLS game? Oh, absolutely. Those games, I mean, as soon as you step on the field for warmups, you know, you're just looking across the lines. You're you're eyeing each other up. You know exactly what's going into it. And obviously, it's it's not even just a game by game thing. It's been just an ongoing trash talk that you pick up right where you left off the previous game. As soon as you step on the field in this one, and obviously, guys are drawing. And listen, no team likes to get to get uh, beaten like that. But it was. Yeah, they listen, they've they've had their moments in this series too, and you know, they've gotten on the upper hand on us. Uh, but nothing like a game like that. And I think at the end of the day, you kind of can fall back on that one. And that was special. But yeah, it's the trash talk is just it just keeps going. And you know, it's it's interesting because a lot, you know, I'm I'm excited to see this group go after it, but there's not a lot of guys who have been in this rivalry. So it's gonna be it's a little bit of uncharted territory for a lot of the guys on this roster and they've got to kind of learn for themselves um, what this rivalry is all about. And uh, yeah, it should be interesting. All right. So tell me, and and we had a, a fun episode a couple of weeks back about kind of the rivalry situation. It was going into uh, the, the DC game. How is NYC different than Philadelphia, DC, some of the other teams, the New England's, the the other rivalries. Why is this? Why is this game now become what it is? You know, I think it's those first four games um, that we really just dominated. I think that's what just it, you get adopted as kind of like a, a big brother type type mentality, and it's like, all right, here's what we did. Now it's your like, are you gonna? Are you gonna, you know, make a make a battle of this thing, or are we just gonna keep getting result after result after result? And I think that obviously, like I said, as competitors, that rubs them the wrong way. And obviously, after that fourth game, they they got a win. They got the two nothing win at home, and that was a big moment for them. And I remember, uh, it's funny. I remember them posting the the locker room picture that we all laughed about afterwards that, you know, they finally got their win. And, you know, that was something that we never would do. You know, we never just post locker room pictures and just like after wins and cause it was just all business. And that's just what we, you know, bring on the next game. But, uh, you know, I, I remember actually that seven, nothing game. I remember Jack Harrison stepping on that field and I was so impressed by him. And I knew that he was, you know, obviously it, so we have the same, we had the same agent and I knew from him that he was like, yeah, this kid's going to be special. And he stepped on that field. And so you knew that things were gonna, they were eventually going to get wins and he was a big part of bringing them their first one. And it was, it was a, uh, the tide had, no, it didn't turn because we obviously got uh, a couple more wins after that, but you knew that they were going to be more competitive in this thing and they weren't going to just get, really thrashed like the kind of a couple of those early matches forever. And so it, it's been interesting. Um, but I think that kind of kicked off everything in the bad blood started after those early results. And it's, it's, it's difficult to say, but I, you know, being geographical neighbors, you see these guys out, you know, even when you're out going, going out with some of the guys, you see them around and you're kind of running in the same circles. And so there is that, listen, you're, you're competing and you, you're, your neighbors. I remember uh, our goalkeeper coach saying he's walking down the street and he sees some of these guys and they just kind of just like, Hey, like here we are. 
So that's that's a unique thing that you don't get really no other team gets being in the same uh, in the same area. So that's that's been one thing that makes it a little bit different. But um, yeah, uh, nothing but good memories from that rivalry. Not to harp on the negative that you just spoke of, but after four consecutive wins, when they did win uh, in what was a two nothing game, what what was the feeling to be a member of of the Red Bull side of things that day? Was it was it uh, at at some point they were bound to win one? Was it I can't believe they finally beat us? Was it uh, more disappointing than a normal loss would be? I'm I'm curious to know kind of the feelings of it. Yeah, it's kind of the exact opposite of that seven nothing game. Um, on the day, like I said, in that, in, in the, in the red wedding, when everything went right, it just seemed on that day, everything went wrong. Uh, we were disconnected in the, I remember our, our, the press was disconnected. Um, you know, credit to them. I think their game plan, they, they were the best of them on that day, which I can't say the same for us. And we, we felt very disappointed in the locker room knowing that, we gave them the first win of, of the Derby. And I think it, it just kind of the, the chips fell their way. Um, their game plan, they were better on the day. And yeah, I remember, I think, I think Jack, Jack scored off, off the corner. And I think David Villa had, had a goal in the game. And I think they credit to them. They, they outlasted us. They, they did what they had to do to get that win and kind of get over the hurdle of getting the first win in the derby so i think everything on the day just it just wasn't our day and i think it's uh it was disappointing and it was a tough pill to swallow walking out of yankee stadium finally uh getting an l so it was you know listen we knew it was going to come eventually and we were hoping to prolong that for a long time but at the end of the day it happened and we uh we came back stronger the next game Interesting, Connor, to to close with this, and let's go back full circle. These teams are going to play twice over the course of a couple of days. Tonight at Red Bull Arena, Saturday at Yankee Stadium. Uh, points obviously important for both of these teams. As you look at it right now, take a look at the standings. New York in 11th, opportunities still to move up. Uh, they are nine points out of a playoff spot. Philadelphia's got 35, at least at the start of, of play tomorrow. NYC with 38. They right now are in third place in the Eastern Conference, the team that if if there is, I should say, if there is a team that can win on the first one, the game tonight at Red Bull Arena on Wednesday, who's the team that gets favored going into the second game, right? Are you, because you're riding high, do you feel good that you can get another result? Or is it the team that loses in the rivalry that then all of a sudden says, oh, wait a minute, we got to make sure that we respond back? I think that's the beauty of the Hudson River Derby, the New York Derby, whatever we're calling it these days. It's you. I, I don't think you can put a favorite on these games. I think going into this first one, I think yeah, we're the underdogs. Obviously, NYCFC they're they're put themselves in a good position this season. They've got, uh, you know, they've been in a good run of form, and I think coming into it, we're going to be definitely be the underdogs. But I think. The, like I said, this 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 rivalry has something special to it that, well, like really, not only this rivalry, it's MLS. Any team can win on any given day, and so sure you could put an odds favorite, and Vegas could say, yeah, NYCFC the favorite this day. But once you step on the field, it's all even playing field. It's zero zero from the start, and I think 
you know, depending on the result, I think it, you, you take from the match what you can. And, uh, you know, like I said, as a competitor, if you, you catch an L in this first one, you're coming stronger in the second one. And I think if you, if you do get the win, you, you're trying to replicate that the second go round. And so it's going to be a, a very interesting match. And uh, I'm, listen, that's the beauty of being on this side of things. Now I can be a fan again and just sit back and not have the stress, even though I am stressed because every game that I watch, I'm just like, listen, I just want the best for this club and I want to win, but I'm excited to watch, you know, kind of this rivalry take form and for these new guys in the locker room to be a part of it and get their, you know, dip their toes in the water of this, of this Derby. And it's exciting. And so, but I think you need, to have a good start and and show that you're up for this one because if if you're not that's when the game can get out of hand and we've seen it get out of hand on both sides of things should be a lot of fun as new york and new york city get together for the first of two later on tonight at red bull arena our thanks to our main man zach setting this one up my partner connor laid uh see you at the stadium i would imagine connor later on tonight should be a lot of fun steve jolly and i have the radio call for you kickoff is at eight we will start at seven on Red Bull Radio, New York Red Bull app, NewYorkRedBull.com. I'm Matt Harmon. Don't forget to wear red. We'll see you at RBA later on.